Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What do we do? What do we do to upset the mini fans? Uh, oh. Something. I didn't do anything. I'm, I'm getting along great with Kirk right now. So it must have been you, Carano. must have been me. It must have been you. But uh, somebody is uh, sabotaging us. Sabot- it's not our phone lines, which we have now, by the way. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, right. But uh, you look pretty stressed out this morning. Oh, it's so annoying when technical stuff doesn't work. Like I yeah. have the setup all really, it's very controlled. Like I have my steps, my process before we go live. I yeah. go through a little mental checklist and get it all hooked up. For some reason, it's not hooking up to YouTube. I don't know what the hell's going on. So we're not on YouTube. No, we're on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Um, uh, do you need, I got my tools right over there. You need me to get my tools and fix them? Oh, I, oh I'd love it if I you got, tried to I fix it, my, yes. Uh, I got an awesome set of tools, like a, like a ratchet set. <laughs> no, that, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe to hit the computer. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, did you spill something on it? That could be it. Did you spill uh, your drink? It wasn't the computer. I have no idea what's happening. I honestly don't get. I, I don't get what this could. It's some. It's something to do with the streamyard that we're using, and something to do with uh, with YouTube. So are you no Are idea. you good now? Are you focused? Or are you uh, still? A I'm still stressed? a little all over you the look, place, yep, but uh, you look it. But uh, look it. <laughs> but uh, but I'll rally. All right. Well, I know I know you're prepared because before everything went uh, on the fritz, uh, we went over things, and uh, I know you did all your homework, and you have all the sound, and that's good because we have some great sound um, today, uh, including. Sound from yesterday's absolutely mind-boggling uh, hearing with uh, Millie and Austin and Mackenzie in front of the Senate. And this is the point we've reached in this country. This is the point we've reached with the Biden regime. We had generals under oath saying that the president lied. We have the sound of the president lying. He lied about not something small, about, you know, what what you know? What the, he did with corn pop, or what his father said, or drove an eighteen wheeler. Oh, he's a lumberjack. Uh, uh, he That's wa- my favorite. He wanted. To be like, I just picture him in plaid. It's it's, it's a great he, sight. He wanted to be a lumberjack, and he applied for a job at the same company. He just happened to be speaking at a couple of weeks ago in Idaho, but it wasn't a big deal. He just told a dumb, silly white lie. This was kind of a grave. The the gravity of this lie is just beyond anything else. We've heard, including, uh, I would say my favorite, but just the most uh, the, the most revealing of late when he blamed the Border Patrol guy for whipping uh, a migrant when he knew he didn't. He just, and he knew doubled the whole down. situation. He doubled down, right? He did, and they still haven't let it go. But this was no. yesterday with all these generals and some of them, of course, Millie and Austin are just political hacks, Biden supporters. But they couldn't, they, they knew they were under oath. They knew what the truth what the truth was. So they couldn't cover for Biden in this situation without committing perjury. Right. And they said it, and to a man, they all agreed. I mean, what we already knew. The other reason they couldn't lie is because it would be so obvious. I mean, we all knew that the Taliban, I mean, that the uh, Afghan army wasn't prepared to fight to hold the country. We knew the Af- Afghan government wasn't going to hold up. We knew the slimeball Afghan president wasn't going to stand up to the Taliban. He was, you know, had the, had the 
plane warming up in the runway, ready to make a run for it with uh, bags full of cash. We knew all that. Biden knew it. He was asked about it by Steffi Stephanopoulos in uh, August, and he looked right at Steffi, his buddy, and flat out lied. So we know, everybody knows now, everybody. You could be the biggest Biden supporter, you know, biggest Trump hater. You could be totally apolitical. You could be a weirdo libertarian who's not really, uh, you know, picking sides here. And you look at this and you say, wait a second. We know now, we see, the whole world sees it. They're in front of the Senate. They're under oath. And they're, by, to a man, confirming that the president lied about the situation in Afghanistan. We know now. As a matter of fact, that he wanted a photo op. We knew it, a ceremony for 9-11. He wanted to get out. By, and, he, and you know what he did, too? He confirmed in that interview with Stephanopoulos. Yeah. He confirmed that he knew the government, the uh, Afghan government, was going to fall, collapse. But he just was kind of hoping it would be after. It would last a little after. bit longer than <laughs> he, it did. He, just, he was hoping they would last two months, three months. And he would get out. He would have the big ceremony on 9-11 and have, uh, you know, uh, surround himself with uh, gold star families or, or service. band would be playing. Yeah, the band. There'd be confetti. Be There'd confetti. be balloons and, and face painting. Yes. It would be like <laughs> the thing you went to over the weekend in Portsmouth. It'd be a big it celebration. Be a big cultural celebration. That's what this absolute unfit old man, um, that's why he did everything. He did everything so he could be the one who said, I ended the war, and he could celebrate it on the big day, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. The result, as we all know, is uh, you know 13 dead American heroes, hundreds of dead Afghans. They're now hunting people down who, who worked with us. We left Americans behind. We left $85 billion worth of advanced U.S. weaponry behind. It was a disaster to a man. These guys said it yesterday. They, they, they said it was a failure. Even Millie. That disgusting hack said it was a failure. We lost. It's not the outcome we wanted. And even he had to admit it's not what he, he didn't tell Biden that uh, the Afghan army would hold up. He knew they wouldn't. And I don't know what was reported, you know, on the, you know ABC, NBC, CNN, the usual, you know, the supporters, the Biden uh, supporting media or in the New York Times for that matter or Washington Post. But it's not that big a deal. It's just not. It's you know the 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 COVID uh, news, the the people getting fired in the hospitals in New York, and people uh, you know the NBA guys, and we'll get to that because we now have a a, a, an NBA guy, a a little known NBA player from Orlando, who is more articulate and and more intelligent than than Fauci or Walensky or Biden or anybody that we've been listening to for a year and a half. This kid, this kid's brilliant. We're gonna play it, Jonathan Isaac, the new face, the new voice of the resistance, and it's a good one. But weren't you amazed at how it was just like, you know, yeah, I, even on Twitter, the right-wing Twitter, the, my world was like, well, we know now Biden was lying. He lied to Stephanopoulos. There's, there's nothing it's there, like, yeah. Well, it's like, so what? It's it's almost like there's no difference in the lie about him saying, I, I used to drive 18-wheelers. <laughs> or, you know, my father was worked in the coal mines. He, 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 he lies about the little things, which is... Um, weird because it's what's the purpose doesn't really do much for you but he lies just as casually and comfortably about world uh, world affairs are we that desensitized to the lies now I guess. is that what's going on i'm telling you i was amazed yesterday because uh it was clear it was concise you know you have some of the cuts but like mckenzie was flat out you know i told him i told 
that, that they wouldn't hold up. They wouldn't be, you know, we should leave 2,500 troops there. We should maintain control of, of Bagram, which as we look back now, now that people are more informed, they're like, of course. Seemed like a good idea. And, and, and I get people who say to me, you, you've been talking about pulling out of Afghanistan for, for years. And I have been like yes. most people, but it's not about whether you pull out. It's how you pull out. Exactly. And I, I, it's not worth even uh, you know, uh, indulging those people who, uh, who say, yeah, it's, you know, everyone wanted out, as you heard some senators. And by the way, is it any surprise that the only senator, essentially the only senator that didn't blame Biden was Liz Warren? <laughs> you know, no. he, this was bipartisan, by the way. There was, I was shocked that someone like Dick Denang, Dick Blumenthal, and other, other uh, uh, Kane, I mean, other um, uh, Democrats were right there in lockstep with the Republicans because they had essentially, unless you're going to be a total lying hack like Liz Warren, you had to be, you had to be, you know, the president, the commander in chief lied to the world, cost 13 Marines and soldiers, their lives cost hundreds of Afghans, their lives left Americans behind, which was a big part of the hearing too. questions about leaving Americans behind and, and, and left, you know, all that weaponry behind and there's like nothing good. I mean, you want to say, yeah, we're out of Afghanistan. You go, yeah, but look at the mess you left. And you there's- left it worse than it began. I mean, it's it's completely controlled by the Taliban now. Nothing worked. There was nothing good about the pullout. And, and you know what? We're going to get Besides us more. being out of there, of course. We're, right, but but everyone... But when you think about it, leaving you know, 2,500 troops, which is what all the military, all the generals wanted, is really not fighting the war. There were no Americans dying. There's no American who died in combat in a year and a half. They were just maintaining a presence, maintaining an embassy in, a, in an air base. And if you did that, I mean, that's what you do everywhere. We do everywhere. We do it in Korea, in South Korea. We do it in Japan. We do it in Okinawa. We do it in Germany. If we did that, it would be, uh, it, it, there would be no, you know, people getting slaughtered. The Taliban wouldn't be in control. We wouldn't have left Americans to die in, 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 in Kabul, but Joe Biden wouldn't have had a ceremony. He wouldn't have had bragging rights. That's how petty. Well, now he didn't even get that. And cynical this old man is. He wanted bragging rights. He wanted to say, I'm the guy. Four presidents said they were going to get out. I'm the one who actually got out. And, you know, he will. And the media will will have his back, uh, you know, like, like, like Bob Woodward already has his back. He's like defending Biden on this count, on this, uh, on this action. And I think guys like Millie want to, Austin, they want to defend him, but they don't want to go to jail, no. which, which they, never, they never would, but they don't want to commit perjury. But it was pretty telling how, in a, how, how much these senators were kind of, you know, in agreement. Some were better than others. Josh Hawley was great. Marsha Blackburn really went off, and she made a great point. I've said this before. The damage this does obviously cost 13 American heroes their lives, and obviously it just you know cost a lot of Afghans their lives. But you know what it does long term? The perception, and and I'm a good example of this. I grew up, and I thought the military was just you know not flawless, but it was a great example. It was the example of American greatness. You know, it was we were the, the the greatest fighting force. You know, it was a it was a force for good. You just had this innate trust and faith in the military. It was colorblind. Essentially, you know, you had, it wasn't, it wasn't woke. It wasn't politically correct. It was the U.S. military. And I'm talking the whole, the Marines and, and uh, Army, Navy, Air Force. And it just, I mean, I know they, they have lots of money. They have a huge budget. 
but it just seemed like the one American institution that you could trust. And maybe it's, I mean, you're rolling your eyes. But and, which, and, and what was conflict, which conflict in your lifetime would have proven that to you, though? Um, it's, a, it's a good question. It's, I guess, you know, World War II. I mean, II. World War II, right, but that's not <laughs> but, nowhere near your life. But, so but they saved the world. I, and I agree with that. Yeah, I think the, the la probably the last just war, of course. Yes, and obviously we won the Cold War without firing a shot because, yes. because Reagan invested so much in the military. But um, it just you just didn't think the military had been infected, infested with the same... Uh, you know, whatever, you know, the same wokeness, politically correct, the same, you know, same, you know race obsessed insanity that infected, you know, academia and Hollywood and, 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 and uh, big media, big tech, all of them now are, we, and, and military, they've got, they've, they've got to them too. <laughs> you know, I look at these guys, Millie and Austin, I say, they're not, they don't have America's best interests in mind. They hell, they're trying to purge the military of Trump voters, checking people's tattoos, they were asked, I think it was Austin, he wouldn't even answer, asked about, do you think people should be dishonorably discharged for not getting the vaccine? And I'm thinking, what? We've gotten to that point where some 20-year-old Marine in spectacular physical condition who's already had COVID, who has natural immunity, who says, I don't want a shot. One of the best and brightest, just a, you know, a great young American, and they're going to kick him out. And not just kick him out, dishonorably discharge him. If he says, I'm, I don't really want that shot, I've had COVID, I, I, I'm good. Which is a perfectly reasonably reasonable point of view, as we'll get to with, with uh, Jonathan Isaac and others. Perfectly. Yeah, the dishonorable part sucks. I mean, if, you wanna, if, 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 it's, if it's, okay, fine, you can make a policy, listen, you have to have it to serve. We think it's, it's in the best interest of, of the entire military. And they're like, listen, I can't put that, I don't want to put that in my body. Okay, well, then you're free to go. I mean, that, that makes sense, but... But dishonorably discharged? Dishonorably, like, so you're dishonorable if you say, I don't want, I'm going to wait on that vaccine because I don't really fear COVID. I had it. It wasn't a big deal. I got the immunity. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Just give me, you know, a few more months or give me a year. Yeah. No, you're out. Dishonorably discharged. Good luck getting a job. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, right. With, I mean, right. And, and, and some of these kids, that's their whole life going, the military is what they wanted to do. It's what they're good at. They're, you know, mostly, you know, Southerners and they're not, you know, not necessarily uh, uh, people, the New Englanders. Around oh, you. What you do know, you mean by that? Because, I mean, the the, the 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 poor people, they go to work, they go to war, yeah, as Cody Jenks said. Uh, that they're they don't, uh, and up here, even if you're a dummy, they kind of steer you to college and your parents or you take out loans and you pay, you know, 70 grand a year to go to some, you know, go to whatever, some college and get a useless degree. Down there, they say, screw that. I'm, I'm going to go fight for my country. There's a great, uh, you know that. Let's not pretend. All right. I just, Let's not I just wanted that to the, clarify. That the, <laughs> that the people that the people in the sticks, that the you know rednecks and the and the poor people don't fight the wars. They no, do. I mean, true. I'm not saying that there aren't some great Americans that go to, you know, West Point and Annapolis and learn, you know, critical race theory. But they're, uh, the point is that these people... There was universal respect, at least in America, in this country, for our military. Our military was just a great example of a meritocracy of you know the best and the brightest who, who you know, who leading us, protecting us, defending us. That's all. That's all gone. If not gone, that's broken. It, this it is a broken institution. When you listen to these hacks like Millie, like like Austin, and then you listen to the commander in chief 
the commander in chief admit what well, they didn't admit lie his ass off. And now we know that this, the longest war we've ever fought ended in disaster because the in, incompetent buffoon in the white house wanted to take a bow, wanted, I don't know, a, a parade down the Canyon of heroes. I don't know what the plan would have been if we got out unscathed and the Afghan government held up, the Afghan military held up. It'd be, it'd be only a matter of time. It'd be by you know Halloween or Thanksgiving that it would fall, but we would have already had a parade. Yeah. That would have been over, with, which, right. which is the, which was the whole goal. Can you imagine after that, imagine being a gold star father, gold star mother, and you lost your son. He was a great you know, American Marine. You lost your son, and you have to listen to this buffoon uh, talk every day about whatever, uh, anything, about anything, knowing that he ended this war on his terms just for his selfish purposes. That's what we learned yesterday. I shouldn't say we learned. We knew it. But we, it was confirmed yesterday. And the sound, I heard it, I watched it, and I said, none of this will be plastered all over the front pages of the you know mainstream media or the corporate media. You won't hear, I'm sure, uh, whatever Lester Holt or, or Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo didn't lead with it and didn't, didn't express any outrage. It's just, I mean, we are so partisan right now. We are so divided. There's no way these people are going to let it be. Well, we're divided, but it's one voice. I mean, from the mainstream media, we're only getting one side. It's it's divided, but but the people who are on the other side aren't aren't aren't, aren't able to speak. So, I mean, you got well, you know, like one cable yeah, news one, channel. Right. You got you know, New York Post, right? You got the New York Post and Tucker, and they got everything else. It's and uh, you know, I guess talk radio is. is and people always wonder about right wing talk radio. It's the only successful talk radio. I wonder if it's still as I said since Rush not, passed. I don't think it's no, think it's, it's not nearly anymore, is it? No, but there's no equivalent on the left. There's a bunch of no, right wingers. You, know, right. you know, we talk about all the time. Like our, our friend Buck Sexton and right, Clay yeah. Travis and Dan Bongino and you know, all Howie Carr and, yeah, all, and all the Daily Wire folks. And there's yeah. no equivalent on the left. I guess there really isn't because they can't do it. I mean, they operate on emotion. They can't do three, four hours a day on you know making their case. That's not how it works. If you're a, a good hardcore liberal you you operate on emotion you say oh the whatever the poor haitian migrant got whipped you know where that's not who we are you know you have empty phrases you can't make substantive arguments that's why they don't succeed anyway i'm sure they didn't make a big deal out of this i'm sure no one will we'll move on as you said earlier it's just it'll be off the front pages tomorrow tomorrow yeah, yeah. and biden will sit down with whoever some friendly you know some sycophant in the media at some point Fall asleep on them. He'll he'll go or he'll go before the media take like two questions, and no one will say. Um, we now the, the generals all confirmed that you lied. What do you say now, Mr. President? You won't even hear that. No, that's, he'll, that's not he'll survive. He'll survive. I mean, Trump would step before the media, and they'd say you've killed so many people. Why? How do you feel about you know the people you killed with COVID? Or I mean, they would say you know. Are you going to lie to us again today, Mr. President? And they would be all over him, and Trump would take it and give it right back, and you'd actually get a person, uh, whether you liked them or not, who was accountable. Now you get a guy who left Americans to die behind enemy lines and still has not answered for that, who, who vaporized 10 innocent people, including seven children, and still has not answered for that. And now we know he lied about the advice he got from his military, from his generals and his secretary of defense, he got, he, he lied about that. We have the sound. 
and nobody, and he will never be held accountable. Never. It's, it's, it's sad. It's a sad day in America that with the president lied about something so grave, so, so important. And nobody seems to care. No, except me. Just me. Uh, me too. I care. You care? Oh, of you course really? I do. You really? Of course I do. Yeah. I and, and actually, and I also care that, that uh, there's probably thousands of Americans still left in, in Afghanistan and no one's oh, really talking that about was, it. That was a great line of questioning from Inhofe uh, yeah. who said, um, the, who said Blinken gave the number at, he said 10,000 or something uh, Americans who wanted to get out. And we got out 6,000? Yeah, we got out 6,000. So we said, so he, he Blinken believes we left 4,000 Americans behind. Do you agree with that? And they all went, uh, blah, 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 blah. Sounded like uh, Greta, Greta Thunberg. Blah, yes. blah, 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 blah. We'll get to that truant. But the, um, <laughs> they, go back to school. They, 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 so he, he caught him. I mean, Blinken literally said 4,000 Americans are left behind. And they looked at each other. I don't think it's that many, is it? Uh, I was We said it was 100. They have no idea, no idea how many Americans are left behind. You, uh, you can find out that there are some if you if you look in the right places. Laura Logan has contacts there. The, you know, the Fox Nation reporter who... Uh, who has lots of, she was living in Afghanistan for a while. She has lots of contacts and she'll write about people who are hiding out, trying to get out. They can't get out. People who are getting caught, getting killed, getting hanged yeah. in, you know, town square by the Taliban. And the generals all look at each other and go, I don't know. We have, we have no eyes on the ground. We have no intelligence. We have no way of knowing. Fend for yourself, guys. So I can't, maybe it'll be a good movie someday or a good book about some guy, some American trying to, you know, get out of Afghanistan alive. Maybe one will get out. <laughs> There's 4,000. One or two is bound to get out, right? Awesome. All right, let's, let's, let's listen to some of the... Uh, do you want to do DCU first? And then oh, we'll, yes, uh, let me do and DCU. Then we'll do, and we'll I've got do, Steffi and all that. We will do Steffi and the boys, the girls and boys in, in the Senate who grilled the generals, and we'll get to the, 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 the great Jonathan Isaac, my new favorite NBA player. And uh, I will tell you just how big the, the Bucks. Patriots game this Sunday night, just how big it is. It's, according to uh, ESPN, the biggest game in New England history. Only that. Uh, we'll rank them, see where, where, where I rank it. But uh, first, let me tell you about our wonderful sponsor, DCU. Whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or looking to refinance the home you love, DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs, and more importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles that make it such a difficult and confusing process. They'll bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, you got a bunch of uh, senators and and generals. Um, they didn't really have any, f you know, fiery moments that I saw. Uh, Hall, <coughs> Holly was good asking Millie why he won't resign, but Millie was ready for the question. You know, Millie's a snake, but he's smart. You know, he didn't... He didn't go to West Point, but he went to uh, was it Columbia and Yale or whatever. I mean, he's a he's a well. Yeah. He went to Belmont Hill with Rachel Levine, and he reads you know Marx and Lenin, and he reads uh, Robin DiAngelo. So he's well read, he's smart, and he's woke. Um, but he ain't resigning, even though we know he went behind the back of Trump and dealt uh, with the uh, China his equivalent in China. We know he went behind the back of Trump and dealt with Nancy Pelosi, but he's digging in. 
Princeton, a, Columbia, by the way. Princeton so. and Columbia. He's a woke swamp creature, if ever there were one, and he ain't going anywhere. But uh, what do you got for, uh, what do you want to uh, play for Senators? In, oh, in I'm, the- I've got the Tom Cotton. He talks to Millian uh, McKenzie and then Austin. That, I think those are a pretty good sweep of the generals. Let's listen to Tom, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, who's a uh, veteran, former Army Ranger, and is really good on uh, these topics. But uh, yesterday he went right at the generals. General Milley, it's your testimony that you recommended 2,500 troops uh, approximately stay in Afghanistan. Um, as I've said many times before this committee and other committees, I don't share my personal recommendations to the president, but I can tell you my personal opinion and my assessment if that's what you want. Yes, please. Um, yes, my assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout, that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that, uh, in order to move toward a negotiated gated solution. Did you, uh, present, did you ever present that assessment personally to President Biden? I don't discuss exactly what uh, my conversations are with the sitting president in the Oval Office, but I can tell you what my personal opinion was, and I'm okay. always candid. General McKenzie, do Weasel. you share that assessment? Senator, I do share that assessment. Um, did you ever present that opinion personally to President Biden? Again, I'm not going to be able to comment on uh, those executive discussions. Did General Miller ever present that opinion personally to President Biden? I think it would be best to ask him. I believe that his opinion was well heard. I believe this yeah. opinion was well heard. Millie's such a weasel. No, I don't share that. <laughs> you share everything. You know what you do? Off the record. He's, he's a big source for all the stories uh, about, uh, about, you know, whatever. Trump, Biden, he's a big source for the likes of, you know, Bob Woodward. And he can tell because they'll say, you know, Millie wouldn't comment. To him and then they'll write how wonderful Millie smelled that day. You know, they'll, <laughs> you can read between the lines. But that was, that was confirmed that at least... Three generals advised the president to not uh, pull out entirely. And the president ignored them for, again, the photo up. And we, we have, we have, do we have the, the president with um, Steffi Stephanopoulos? And I have to say, I've been tough on Steffi. Steffi's a Democrat operative. Steffi ran the, uh, the war room for the bimbo eruption team uh, when Clinton was running. To, his, his job was to destroy the women who accused Bill Clinton of sexual improprieties and Paula Joneses and Jennifer Flowers. Her, his job was to destroy them. That's the kind of person he is. That's the kind of good, hardcore Democrat uh, he is. But he asked all the right questions. He didn't let Biden off the hook. And I'm not sure he's ever, uh, I'm not sure he's going to hold it again. He knows Biden lied to him. To me, if that were, and this has happened to me before, where you know a guy lied to you, it's not a, a big deal, but I hated Mike Milbury for years. I I, I like him now, but because he lied to my face. What, what did he time. tell you? What did he say to you? About, it was about uh, a, a player uh, being hurt, you know, and, and he said, oh, no, there's no way he's playing. And the next day uh, I look and he's out there playing. He's skating. He's fine. Why would go, he? Holy crap. No. Why, why would he lie to, you, uh, lie to you about that? That seems weird. Well, coaches do that. They oh, he was the coach at the time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm he was, sorry. He was okay. the coach of the Bruins. And, yeah. and you know, I, it, it bothered me. I'm like, I mean, you could say whatever, no comment. I'm not going to talk about right, that. Right, but, but it's he just, just a lie? Look, it, it was almost Biden-esque. It was very comfortable and casual, and he just and And it, it, it annoyed me, not to the point. It annoyed me because I was like, I'm going to ask him more questions. I'm going to do more stories. And I'm supposed to, like, believe him today after he lied to me yesterday? I don't know. Did you ever get to ask him about that? Um, I think I did. I had ended up having, he, I was in Washington, D.C. in a uh, hotel 
or a story for Sports Illustrated by myself having dinner and he sent over a beer and then I went over and sat with him and we, we, we talked and, and he was, you know, very cool. And I'm sure I asked or mentioned that. And, you know, he just said, that's what coaches do. And he's right. That's what coaches do. And, but it annoyed me because like I've said many times, how do you believe a guy who lied to you today? How do you believe him tomorrow? And, and how do you believe anything Joe Biden says? We've confirmed a thousand times that he's lied about things, about you name it. How do you how do you take his word on anything? Now, when you know he lied about something like this, but let's listen to Steph. This is this is a long time ago, though, Carano. Long time ago. It's almost what six <laughs> Two weeks. Months, yeah. I mean, this was mid-August before, just before the um, the disastrous pullout, the death of you know thirteen Marines and servicemen. Uh, and he sits down and just comfortably, casually lies to Steffi about the advice the generals gave him. July, you said a Taliban takeover was highly unlikely. Was the intelligence wrong or did you downplay it? There was no consensus. If you go back and look at the intelligence reports, they said that it was like more likely to be sometime by the end of the year. You didn't put a timeline out when you said it was highly unlikely. You just said flat out it's highly unlikely the Taliban would take over. Yeah. Well, the question was whether or not it, the idea that the Taliban would take over was premised on the notion that the uh, somehow the 300,000 troops we had trained and equipped was going to just collapse. They were going to give up. I don't think anybody anticipated that. Senator McConnell said it was a predictable that the Taliban was going to take over. Well, by the end of the year, it said that that was a real possibility. But no one said it was going to take over then when it was being asked. By the end of the year. So we thought so his, we thought they'd hold on for a few months. His uh, rationale is we pulled out because we thought they would last three months, which is that, I mean, that on its face is insane, but it's not even true. It's, they knew, everyone knew, every general, everyone in the loop knew they wouldn't hold up. He was hoping they'd hold up for a few weeks and then, you know, slaughter all the Americans, you know, whatever, hang them from from light post, whatever, just get me to 9-11. That's how cynical this man is. Just get me there. And and he knows, I guess he thinks he's among friends when he sits down with Stephanopoulos, but he's like, no, no consensus. Yes, there was. There was consensus. You got three generals. And he knew the army, the 300,000, wasn't going to fight. Forget losing, collapsing. They were just going to put down their American-made weapons and screw. <laughs> Either join the Taliban or head to Pakistan or get out. He knew they wouldn't fight. He knew they wouldn't hold up. And he lied about it over and over again, as we learned over and over again yesterday. But uh, what else you got, Carano? Uh, we can listen to Holly. We can listen to... Oh, I've oh. got... Uh, sorry, I got a second cut from Cotton. Why don't we do that next? That's I, I want to hear Holly uh, go after Million, tell him he should resign, too. That was good. I do cut to a Cotton and then do... Uh, sure. Holly. Okay, here it is. Secretary Austin, uh, President Biden last month in an interview with George Stephanopoulos said that no military leader advised him to leave a small troop presence in Afghanistan. Is that true? Uh, Senator Cotton, <laughs> I, uh, I believe that, uh, well, first of all, I, I know the president to be an honest and forthright oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just, secondly, just so it's a simple question, Secretary <laughs> yes, Austin. Yeah, there you go. He said no senior military leader advised him to leave a small troop presence behind. Is that true or not? Did these officer and General Miller's recommendations get to the president personally? Their input was uh, was received by the president and considered by the president, uh, for sure. 
in terms of what they specifically recommended, Senator, they just, as they just said, uh, they're not going to provide uh, what they recommended in confidence. <laughs> I would say that I mean, is it sounds to me, this is it's shocking to me. It sounds to me like maybe their best military advice was never presented personally to the president of the United States about such a highly consequential matter. That's an interesting move that Cotton just made because he put pressure on the uh, on the generals there. He's like, D -d I don't think I th he kind of took it a little bit off of Biden there. I mean, they could have put a big neon sign that said, "Yes, we advise them to leave." Well, yeah. and 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 these people would deny it. They they all they just don't want to a commit perjury or b you know throw their friend Joe Biden under the bus, even though they know he was lying. They're they're. They're, these are political operatives. I that's, love that five-second pause by that, Austin. We call that's that a amazing. Belichick. We call that a Belichick. And Cotton was great in that. So it's a simple question. I know the president to be an honorable man. I mean, come okay. on. Okay. Did he lie? Um, yeah, right. Well, if you, that's right. a strong word, lie. <laughs> right. The answer is yes. Is, if it's so, no, it's no. So we just caught him in this massive lie and cover-up. And, and he says, I know him to be an honorable man. Oh, Okay. As long as you think he's honorable, we'll move on now. <laughs> I mean, we'll move on and, you know, let's, let's talk about the budget or something. It's just uh, absurd. And there was no, they cornered these rats, Millie and, and, and Austin. They cornered them and there was nowhere to go. They had to, I mean, Millie said, I don't, I don't talk about the advice of good presidents, but my personal opinion is, yeah, we should have left troops sure. in there. It's just such a weasel move. But let's listen to uh, Josh Hawley. Who is uh, who is great yesterday? As I tweeted, I'm still a DeSantis in 2024 guy, but Hawley could uh, make some waves if he if he runs, because uh, he holds nothing back, man. He goes right at this snake, Millie, which was what I was just why I tuned in, which is what I wanted to see, and he did it. This is the one that he goes after Austin. Oh, Austin! I yeah, yeah. He also uh, he asked them both to resign, right? He says, "I don't, I didn't see the Millie." He goes one, but to Millie and says, "Why don't you resign?" And Millie has this long answer about his father at Iwo Jima and stuff, and. You know, he, he's not resigning, but it, it was a great, uh, 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 you know, moment where he went right for the throat. But let's listen to Hawley uh, go after Austin. Before I do, Secretary Austin, I, I have to take issue with something you just said. I know this is an administration talking point. I've heard it out of the, the mouth of the press secretary and others. We are not leaving Americans behind. That was your quote of just a minute ago. With all due respect, sir, you have left, past tense, Americans behind. Oh. We have no presence any longer in Afghanistan. There were hundreds of American, and not just Americans generally, civilians you left behind against the president's explicit commitment not to leave until all American citizens were out and to safety. That is not what happened. And now we have people who are desperately, frantically trying to get out of this country, coming to me, coming to members of this committee, asking for help. They can't get that help. They're stuck behind enemy lines. So please don't tell me that we're not leaving Americans behind. You left them behind. Joe Biden left them behind. And frankly, it was a disgrace. But that was good. That was good. He was, uh, you know, had the veins coming out of his throat. I liked it. I bet generals aren't used to sitting there. No, and that's, getting the, it that's the best thing. You could see it in, uh, in Millie. You could feel it that nobody talks to me that way. Right. It's almost that Colonel Jessup moment from uh, A Few Good Men where it's like, you snot-nosed little brat, you know. Uh, as Holly's playing the Tom Cruise role, and you're looking at him like, you can't talk to me that way. If they had their way, they would pull out their sidearm and shoot him in the head. <laughs> they would be like, "That's I'm in charge here. I control the military. I got all the weapons. You don't talk. I do what I want. I kiss the president's ass, but other than that, <laughs> I do what I want. 
and you're just a lowly senator from Missouri. I'm, I'm not going to take any guff from you, sonny boy. But uh, they can't do that. That's what they want to do. They would like to do that, but they can't. Uh, but they're, you know, they're a couple of fat loads anyway. You think Millie? Could, I wanted someone to say a, a question for you, General. Could you do five push-ups right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many, how many, how many pancakes you have for breakfast there, General? I'd um, love it if uh, Congress made him drop and give him twenty. That'd be uh, great. That'd be Just fun. ask. Just twenty. <laughs> Yeah, Nearly no, couldn't he, do twenty. Of, Maybe on give his week. Yeah, I could do those those old lady push-ups <laughs> right. on your knees. Uh, but all right, we have any more from uh, from Josh Hawley? Uh, no more from Hawley. Uh, no, um, I've got uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn. She was great, name. but it's a long it kind of long. monologue about the uh, about the damage these these guys did to the to the reputation of the military. It was very good. Uh, there was a lot of good uh, speeches, essentially, from the senators, including from some Democrats, which you know, which is how you know this was not a good day for the Biden regime. The only one who really had their back was was Pocahontas. Liz Warren had uh, had their back, as uh, which is a surprise to nobody. But uh, I don't want to get to. We got to move on to Jonathan Isaac because most people, I'm going to guess, don't even know who he is. I, you know, had heard the name. You know how I knew about Jonathan Isaac? Here's all I knew. i never seen him play. He plays for the Orlando Magic. He played at Florida State. When you see him or hear him talk, you're like, this has got to be a, a Duke guy or Stanford yeah, guy, yeah, one of yeah. those guys who, who, you know, went actually went to class, but he went to Florida State. Uh, he went to high school down, I believe, in Naples, or uh, grew up in Naples. Anyway, he's the one that wouldn't kneel when the whole friggin' league kneeled. Yeah, someone he actually stood. mentioned that in the comments. He was in the and, bubble, right? And, and he was I'm, the only one standing in for the, the bubble two, uh, two seasons ago uh, when they were in the bubble and they were all wearing Black Lives Matter shirts and they were all kneeling, doing whatever LeBron told them to do. He didn't. He stood up and he defended it, defended his decision. And then after that, you know what happened? He tore his ACL, and oh. Dan Lebertard applauded. That's the kind of guy Dan Lebertard is. He's just this hardcore liberal who who hates anybody that that didn't hate Trump. So, so, uh, Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL and these, these guys applauded, uh, um, Lebitard and his little stooges that you know, giggle whenever he says anything they, 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 they thought it was a wonderful thing that this young guy tore his ACL, but he's, he's back. He's all healed up. I'm looking at his, uh, bio right now. How old is he? One twenty-three. Oh, just a young guy. 20. Is that right? 23. He's been there in the league a couple of years, 23 years old. Again, played at Florida state. Um, uh, big guy, power forward, six six eleven. Uh, yeah, he's from uh, went to high school in Naples, and then uh, went to the IMG Academy before he went to Florida State. Uh, was a first round pick, six pick overall. Again, haven't watched him play. I hope he's good because I love him. Anyway, he's not vaccinated, and he was asked about it. This is not good for the pro-vax, you know, authoritarian crowd because. As we know, you and I have talked about, you're not allowed to make the case. It's not anti-vax. You're not allowed to make the, you're not allowed to ask questions, right? You're not allowed to be inquisitive, to no. be curious. You can't do it on Facebook. You can't do it on Twitter. You'll get shut down. You'll get banned. It's happened a thousand times. Hell, Alex Berenson was the ultimate uh, um, uh, reasonable COVID, dissenter or reason- COVID uh, critic. Yeah. Not COVID, no, vaccine critic. Where yeah. He would literally... Uh, linked to all the studies, all the data, and and have numbers and stats, and they banned him for life because there is no dissent allowed in 
in uh, Jack Dorsey's world, which is Joe Biden's world. They are working in concert to shut down dissent. They're not sure what to do with these guys because we went over it before. Kyrie Irving has talked, he talked on Zoom at the media day because he wasn't allowed to attend it in person. He's not going to play home games. I was not surprised that Kyrie Irving is a, uh, is a uh, skeptic. No. He's hesitant. No. Is vaccine hesitant because he's a, you know, a weirdo and a conspiracy theorist who pretended the world earth was flat. And he's also just a contrarian. He wants to go against the grain. So he's holding out. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's waiting. And as of now, he's not going to play home games for the Nets. He's just going to play road games, which is bizarre. But then we heard from Bradley Beal. We talked about him yesterday. He was very comfortable sitting before the cameras and saying, I got questions. And he would literally throw it back at the media. He was pretty good. No one was as good as Jonathan Isaac who sat there for, I don't know, a few minutes. We got a, like a two minute clip yeah. and, and, and made more sense than all the, you know, the hours, weeks, months of listening to Fauci or Walensky or listening to Don Lemon and, you know, all the, the, the people uh, who, who have, who want to round up anti-vaxxers, you know, and put them in camps. These are the, uh, Glenn Greenwald has a column. I think it was, uh, just came out about the way, the media, the way the, the Democrats, the way the pro-vax crowd treat the likes of Jonathan Isaac. I mean, he literally has quotes from Don Lemon saying they're stupid. These are stupid people. We should not have any respect for them. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel said they should not get treated when they go to the hospital. Yeah. If you don't have, if you're having When you had Stern, too, saying, you know, Stern uh, said, laughing about people said, dying with COVID. F your freedom. Yeah, right. right laughing. Yeah. This is a... Uh, this was Glenn Greenwald's column. I think it's a free column if you don't follow uh, his Substack. Substack. Some of it's free. Some of it's um, uh, yeah, she talks about. He talks about the well, this on CNN, a New York Times reporter after Obama's birthday party said it's okay that they're maskless and not distancing because they're a sophisticated, That's vaccinated right. crowd. Right. Uh, late night host Jimmy Kimmel suggested the unvaccinated should be deprioritized. Uh, by the healthcare system and Howard Stern lambasted them as imbeciles and nut jobs. And he got, uh, I'm going to get the Don Lemon quote just so, to set this up. John Don Lemon, who we determined was what the second dumbest guy on cable news. Right. Yeah. Cause Cuomo won the contest, but Don Lemon's a moron. And he said, people who choose not to be vaccinated are stupid, selfish, ignorant, not acting on logic, reason, or science. Now, we don't get that kind of invective from uh, Jonathan Isaac. We don't get that. He doesn't you know, say people who, who you know think young, healthy people have to Need be the vaccine or dumb or idiots. He, he just sits there and says why he is hesitant, why he is waiting, and he, and he says it brilliantly. But uh, let's listen to Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic. Jonathan, Josh Robbins with The Athletic. Uh, what is it about the vaccine that, that makes you... Uh, hesitant to 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 get it. Uh, I, I would start with um, I've, I've had COVID um, in the past, and so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity, has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic, and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if if you catch COVID, and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms. Um, from contracting it, but with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies, 
um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level. Um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. I, you tell me, is that an imbecile? No, that's uh, a reasonable guy. Is that a stupid moron, Don Lemon? I guess uh, <laughs> you would know. Um, no one has been able to refute any of those arguments. That's the issue. None of the, the scientists, Fauci, whoever, Kimmel. Fa Fauci's so dishonest, no one, he won't even address that. But no, no one can refute that. Uh, in my age group, I'm 23 years old, at peak physical fitness, I've had COVID. Right. Why do I need to he get... Is, he's the worst nightmare of the pro-vax you know, authoritarians, the de Blasios, the Bidens, because he's got it all. Like, you're right. He's 23. He's incredibly fit. He's got natural immunity. Okay, Don Lemon, Howard Stern, Jimmy Kimmel, tell me why he's a moron. Tell me why he should submit. Why? I mean, because you are afraid that if he's unvaccinated, he will give you COVID, but you're vaccinated. So why do you care? I don't understand why Jonathan Isaac is a threat to anybody. Someone has to explain it to me. I know I'm not, I'm not as smart as Jonathan Isaac. I'm, I'm, I think I'm as smart as Don Lemon, but you know, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. I just don't understand. I don't understand why Jonathan Isaac, uh, why why we can't take that two-minute clip, put that on the nightly news, put that on every cable news program, run it, you know, front page of New York Times, and say, here's a, here's a reason that we're never going to get to 98% vaccinated, which this idiot in the White House thinks is, is the point we have to get to before we can get back to normal. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're just looking it's at a Kath cult. It's, it's, you're it's looking a at Kathy cult. Hochul, exactly. the governor of what a, of, of New York State is wearing a necklace that says "vaxxed" and saying that you she's like Jesus and you have to be her apostles and get vaccinated because that's what God wants. Now, who's making more sense, Jonathan Isaac or Kathy Hochul? Some nutbag like Jonathan Hochul. Isaac or Don Lemon, Howard Stern, Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, Chris Cuomo. These idiots who think this young, healthy guy who has natural immunity must get vaccinated or you know, we're not going to let them work, which in New York, I guess you can't do it. You can't play. You can't play your sport professionally without being vaccinated. Why? Why? I mean, it's, it's just utterly insane. And here, by the way, here's, I mean, this is a new spokesman and I, I granted he's not a great player. He's not a superstar. He went to Florida state. He's, he's young. He's smart as hell though. Who's the, who would you say is the face of the pro-vax crowd in the NBA? The guy that speaks for the regime, speaks for the 
uh, you know, the media, the big tech, the guy. Is it LeBron? That would be LeBron James, right? LeBron James. This, what Jonathan Isaac and Bradley Beal did was force LeBron to come out and admit he's vaccinated. A couple months ago, he wouldn't answer. He said, it's personal, it's not your business. Here's what he said yesterday. You tell me who's smarter, who's better read, who's more articulate, Jonathan Isaac or LeBron James. I'll just read the quote. He says, uh, when asked at media day yesterday about being vaccinated, he says, everyone has their own choice to do what they feel is right for themselves and their family and things of that nature. I know that I was ready for this. Yeah. I know that I was very skepticism about it all. The, the, uh, the, the wire service, I think this is AP literally has the sick. Yeah. In, yeah. In parentheses. <laughs> all right. I know that I was very skepticism about it all, but after doing my research and things of that nature, I felt like it was best suited for not only me, but my family and my friends. That's what I, that's why I decided to do it because he was very skepticism Carano for a while, but he did his research. I would love someone to say, do you have natural immunity? Do you have the antibodies? Did you have COVID? You're incredible. What research did you do? Besides you're a lot older and maybe that's a factor. You're a lot older than Jonathan Isaac and Bradley Beal, but still you're not, you're you're not going to get, killed by covid you're not here's the thing if i if i hear a cogent we talked about this yesterday that i'm not vaccinated but i'm not opposed to it if i hear cogent arguments telling me why it would be a good idea for someone with my health with my risk profile my age group why i should get the if i hear cogent arguments of why i should get the the vaccine i'm absolutely willing to hear that and if i think it's in the best interest of me then i would get the vaccine but but still what research lebron what numbers That's do you a good have? Question. You said you did your research and think of things of that nature. Yeah. What is know? what is in the nature of research besides research? I don't. Uh, I guess I. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> it's probably other words, he probably has a book. He probably has a book like that he carries around, and pretends to read, but I don't know what book would it be. <laughs> maybe he has maybe he has Andrew Cuomo's book <laughs> that he's pretending to read, just like he pretended to read Malcolm X's biography. But anyway, I I think again he's not the player LeBron is. Nobody is right now. But Jonathan Isaac is scary to the establishment. He is scary. I'm telling you, they were probably sitting there going, can we take down the video of him? Yeah. You know, can we take that off of whatever, off of the, off of social media? Can we get it off of Twitter? Can we get it off of Facebook? Because he's so articulate and so convincing, I guess. Uh, it, maybe, you know, he will convince other people not to get the vaccine, but I wonder how silly the idea of getting to 98%, which is the president said, the president of the United States, not some nutty Joy Behar on The View. The president said, we can get back to normal when we get 98% vaccinated. This again from Glenn Greenwald. He points out that uh, data from the uh, New York City's health agency said citywide, 28% of black New Yorkers between the ages of 18 and 44 are vaccinated. Oh, that's lower than I thought. 28 percent that's way lower i would have i would have guessed hispanic a lot hispanics uh, in the same age are 49 percent. so fewer than half of hispanics and about a little more than a quarter of black people between 18 and 44 those people and there are millions i assume um yeah, maybe a million plus can't participate in society because of bill de blasio who's the one that's imposed the apartheid in new york you can't go to a restaurant you can't go to a gym you can't Go to the mall. You can't do anything. You can sit outside and have a slice of pizza if that's your idea of eating out, but you can't go in a restaurant. That's 70, do the math quick. I'm not Joe Biden, but I'm better. 72%, almost three quarters of black adults between 18 and 44 
cannot participate in society. Who do you think is smarter, Bill de Blasio or Jonathan Isaac? Who's Not read either. more? Who's better read on the subject? And he's 23. That's he's the thing. 23. It's, it's amazing. I, I mean, and... No, he and, speaks and he, like a much more mature person. And, and de Blasio is a moron, but he's also an authoritarian. He's a tyrant who loves this. And but, you also have the factor of people do not like being told what to do. People are just oh, going to be pushed no back. Question. No pushing question. back for that. I mean, there's I, a segment of society that the more they push him, the less likely. I mean, I'm anti-authoritarian in that way too. And so if I if people are trying to force me to do something, I my my skepticism immediately perks up. Yeah. I want to know why. Skepticism is a verb, isn't it? My skepticism. You, my, you, you were very skepticism. Mish. My skepticism. Perks up. No, I think that's fine. You've corrected me twice on my no, English in the last I, two days. I, I, I'm just kidding, stupid. Uh, this is LeBron. I know oh, that I, sorry, I, I know that funny. I was very skepticism, skepticism about it. Skepticism. Right, that's yes. pretty stupid. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't even think. He's not a smart guy. I don't think uh, de Blasio or Chris Cuomo or uh, these, all these other people I'm calling stupid would ever say, I know I was very skepticism no, that's about it. He, he's not a bright guy. I was very skepticism. He's a good basketball See player. if you can find that. I want that. That's a keeper. That's a keeper, that quote. I was very skepticism of it all. I always talk about athletes who think they're smart that when they're not because their whole life people have been around them with cameras and microphones and notebooks writing it down like what they say matters. Roger Clemens was always the best example of that. He would talk. They're all he, correcting it in the headlines too. LeBron James was very skeptical by The Guardian. Very skeptical by CBS. They're they're all correcting it for him. Are they? They don't yeah, want to make him look dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and uh, there's other great examples like Sugar Ray Leonard was one thought he was really smart just because the media was fawning over them and pretending what they said was profound, so they would really start to believe it. LeBron's a great example of that. He thinks they don't even have his original in this, and this is CBS News. Oh, really? I was very, and then they put, uh, you know, skeptical in there and, and uh, correct him. They don't even put his original quote. But they put skeptical in parentheses. I know, but still, <laughs> but still, they should have. Uh, you think they would do that for? Oh, I don't know, Donald Trump or if Isaac. he said that. No, 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 no. Or, or Jonathan Isaac. No, Probably Trump. They just want to make him look stupid. All right, let's do Shea, and then let's get to the big game. All I right. didn't know it was the biggest game ever, but apparently it is. But uh, first, let me tell you about Shea Concrete. This is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shay, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense, this is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. I, you know, uh, you don't know everything, uh, which is, I find it kind of cute. You're not like all jaded, like, like most people in my world, but I'm an optimist. You know, who Mike Reese is Mike Reese is a, he is a football reporter. Yes, he is for ESPN. He's a really yeah. good one. He's a, you know, he's kind of a 
Did he have ties to Boston before, though? Was yeah, he in his Boston? father was a, a reporter on Channel 7 with uh, my old partner, Dino. His father was Roy Reese. But Mike okay. Reese is very well-regarded, perhaps the best-regarded reporter because he's not prone to hyperbole. He's not a sensationalist. Mm. He just does his job, does it well. You know, football guy, if you're into football, you know the Patriots, you, you read Mike Reese. Anyway, Mike Reese has a story, and I could not believe his byline was on this because you know what the headline is? What is it? This is ESPN, too. This isn't, you know, some crazy you know, tabloid New York Post or someone, TMZ. This is ESPN Boston. Headline is, is Tom Brady versus the Patriots the biggest game in Boston sports what? history? Now, we'll Reese points out that they're, you know, you got to put playoffs and Super Bowls aside, but the headline doesn't do that. The headline no. writer literally writes, is Brady versus the Patriots the biggest game in Boston sports history. See, I like I like hyperbole. It's kind of part of the culture gets, gets of sports uh, radio, and right, and and I, I'm okay with overrating things in the heat of the moment. But this is kind of silly because obviously they've played in you know nine Super Bowls or ten Super Bowls. Uh, you know this, no, of, cor of course. But like, do, who do you, would the reporter would he have final say on what that title is or no is that the no, editor? no okay no. the editor puts the headline on okay um at least in most places but the the lead is when it comes to to the tradition rich history of boston sports where does tom brady's return rank uh the legendary quarterback won six super bowls and then signed with the tampers a free agent many but not all agree sunday's game between the brady-led bucks and the bill belichick coach patriots is at the top of the list Dan Shaughnessy's quote, this one stands alone. And he goes, certain guys they are more uh, more uh, prone to go to history. And, you know, the, Shaughnessy talks about the 67 Red Sox and Steve Buckley's in here and he's a big history buff from sports history buff. But it's the biggest game, you know, this early in the season. It's the biggest game that... Uh, uh, that features a former leg a, a legend, the greatest player in Patriot history and football history, coming back for dramatics. I don't think you can touch it. I mean, they compare it to Clemens coming back with the Yankees. That was big, but there was a lot of people. I mean, but it was baseball, and baseball is not as big as football. And Clemens is not as big as Brady. No. And, and and you know, I don't even know who was coaching, who was managing the Red Sox, Belichick and Brady. It's the biggest mano a mano showdown. We used to have a poster in the office was Pedro Martinez going against Roger Clemens in a game uh, when uh, Clemens was with New York and Pedro was here. And that was a big deal, big showdown, made it look like a heavyweight fight. This, that's nothing compared to this. I think it is the biggest regular season game, not playoff game, that doesn't, uh, isn't like it was one game playoff. In the in 78 Red Sox played a 163rd game against the Yankees, one yep. game playoff, the Bucky Dent game. That's technically a regular season game, but it is sort of a playoff. So I wouldn't say it's it's not as important as that. It's not that important because the Patriots are not a good team. They're probably not a playoff team. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Brady might, but and and an upset would be a big big deal around here. But a, I don't think people are going to. No one's going to boo him. They don't hate him. You don't it's, think even like twenty percent of the crowd, ten percent of the crowd. I think there's going to be. I think it's a totally made up thing. We mentioned Toucher and Rich's little contest. Yeah, I haven't seen much on the radio. They they wanted to know the biggest Brady hater, and I go, who the hell hates Brady? What do you? Why do you hate Brady? Unless you're a, a New York fan. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I think um, we well, can hate the Guerrero stuff or whatever, but not not him as a football player. Right, or as a 
what he did for you. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's it's beyond everyone's wildest dreams. They won six Super Bowls. I mean, think of that. It's just incredible what he did here. Incredible. No one's going to turn on him now. Lots of people didn't like Clemens. Lots of people turned on Clemens and booed him. Yeah. Nobody's turning on Brady. And by the way, what did I tell you on Monday? They were five and a half point favorites. I said, that's going up. Oh, six yesterday. It was what is six it? yesterday. It is seven today. Ooh. It is going up, man, because I don't have a good argument other than, you know, Belichick's, you know, a great coach and uh, it's in Foxborough for the Patriots beating the Bucks. I mean, maybe they put up a good fight, but the Bucks are a much better team. The Bucks have a much better offense. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they have a much better quarterback. He just threw for 432 yards on the road against the Aaron Donald-led Rams defense. And no picks. And um, he's he's feeling it right now. He loves this situation. He loves the pressure. He likes the dramatics. I mean, we've seen him in Super Bowls. He loves to be, you know, in the middle of the the storm. Or as he likes to say, I am the storm. You know, that's his thing. He likes it. He, he relishes this. Hell, he's selling T-shirts. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I saw that. He's selling right. T-shirts to commemorate the moment. You don't expect... Brady to get fooled, you know, by by Steve Belichick's defense, or to fold up under the pressure. You just don't. Unlike Mac Jones, Brady has seen it all. He's ready for it all. Mac Jones is playing his fourth game, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, I don't like the Patriots' chances, and I would like to see it close. I'd like to see it dramatic. I'd like to see it wild finish. I mean, I'd like to see some crazy things happening. So it's one of those games that you just never forget. The ratings are going to be through the roof. Um, it's amazing how big a game it is to the country. You know, obviously it's big to us in New England, but the country, they, um, uh, somebody uh, uh, tweeted this out. It's like, good morning, America's here. And, and Oh, yeah. And yeah. All these, it's a Sunday night game. That's a weekday show that is going to be here on Friday, set up in Foxborough. Obviously, the ESPN set, the NFL Network set, they're all, all their people are here. They're all set up. Tony Romo and Jim Nance are doing the game. The A team or every network is going to be here for the A broadcast morning shows, afternoon shows, pre-game pre shows. Uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, it's as big a deal now, you know, four days before the game as I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's going to be huge on Sunday night. I can't even imagine how big the ratings are. I can't imagine that anyone's not watching, at least in New England and, and Tampa. I mean, the, the local ratings are going to be insane. And I'm sure at local sports talk radio, I haven't listened. I'm sure they're taking lots of calls and having lots <laughs> they're, of fun. They're trying, but it's, <laughs> I don't know that it's working for them. At least uh, EEI is not, no one's getting through EEI right now. So I haven't heard it, but uh, uh, I assume you've checked it out. Are they just talking without any calls? Pretty much. Uh, Gresh didn't take, Gresh and Keefe didn't take, like didn't take calls for most. I think maybe they took four calls total i when i was uh, driving up yesterday i did hear um on the greg hill show a couple calls went in but they did sound like plants it's because they let a guy go for like two minutes oh really so yeah no they're not nothing is, is there the, biggest I know the phones are off the hook they are busy signals um your call cannot be completed as dial they're just either getting in i think they're just getting inundated maybe they took the phones off the hook <laughs> Um, but what I've heard uh, it's, is it's, it's bad news for them because it's their biggest week by far yeah. the biggest week of the year. The weekly from, uh, two or three weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, just came out. It's another disaster. Uh, it just, it's unbelievable how bad the numbers are. Uh, and this is, I mean, the game, the help Brady's going to help, but, uh, the fact that they can't take calls when this is one of those weeks where screw them. Gresh is so cocky. 
He's I can't so believe he, he actually tweeted out that they uh, uh, going to dox that them. That they're going to find out their numbers and who they are. Yes. And I'm going, who Screw cares? that guy. I never understood that when uh, it's just phone calls. Talk show hosts. It's happened before where guys say, "Oh, uh, we have call uh, caller ID. We know who you are." I'm like, it's like, "Who cares? So what? They're calling so a what talk they show call to give you shit. Who cares? <laughs> why why would that uh, uh, deter anyone? Uh oh, he knows who I am. I'm looking forward to trolls calling <laughs> us. Honestly, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. We were going to mention that uh, uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. We'll talk about tomorrow. it. Yeah, we'll get into that yeah. tomorrow. How much? Where, where? I don't. Yeah, see I know. It. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place today, but I, we're a little bit over an hour. Shoot, I don't get to. I don't get have time to get the Greta. If you wanna, okay, we'll get uh, quickly. Um, quickly, quickly, yes, I'm gonna do this quickly. There was a protest outside Governor Charlie Baker's house where they brought some stupid pink sailboat and parked it in front of his driveway. Like chain themselves, to Extinction it? Rebellion lunatics who think a governor, by the way, a liberal governor of a little state of six million people in a country, one country in this great big world of. Seven plus billion. The governor can somehow affect the weather. Just these people don't think through their big cause, their big crusade. These morons locked themselves to the boat, got arrested. The state troopers have to take them away. I'm sure because they're you know, good liberals, they won't spend five minutes in jail. They won't even have any bail. It won't yeah. be a big deal. But that's your cause that you want a governor. By the way, again, a guy who wants pretends he believes in, you know, he can affect climate change by raising the gas tax and all this. That guy can do something to make the planet cooler. You know, forget the 1.5 billion Chinese and India and Africa and every Russia, forget all that. We're talking about Massachusetts. It's just so stupid. It's amazing that you put this much time and energy in it. But these are the same people that listen to a um, crazy... High school dropout from uh, from uh, where's she from? She's from she, one of the Norway, Norway or Sweden. Sweden. I always yeah. go Denmark. I get the three of them all screwed up and mixed up. But listen to Greta Thunberg like she's an authority. Now I I think most of the climate scientists are are nuts. At least the climate alarmists. But Sweden. at least she's from Sweden. But at least and her parents are both socialist radical. You know, uh, like I feel burning. bad for her. I mean, she's obviously she's on she, the spectrum some way, and yeah. her parents are. I I think it's child abuse situation it here is, too. It is. It is. And 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 so, but she's the she's like an authority. They, whenever they have these summits or these seminars, these meetings, they bring her in. You know, fly her in first class. Fly her in private to make a speech, and she's just an angry little socialist. That's all. Who, who who's not particularly well-educated. We know that. She didn't go to high school. She told she did was travel around the world and scold people, you know, for, for driving SUVs. But this speech yesterday she gave at some youth summit for climate, whatever, was so bizarre. I, I just find it amazing that grown-ups, people, you know, realize not particularly bright people, but grown-ups, grown-up liberals, think that we should listen to her, that she has some wisdom to impart, that we should follow her. And when she says, you know, the the world is going to end in three weeks if we don't do what I say. I mean, she should be laughed off the stage. She's a crazy young kid, crazy dumb kid. But let's listen to Greta. By the way, she, did you see what she did with uh, Hillary Clinton the other day? No, she, what she did with it. They're all dressed up when, with Hillary in like these gowns. At, oh, was she in like a king's outfit yeah. or something? A queen's outfit? She's now the, Hillary's now the whatever, University of whatever in, in uh. Northern Ireland or in Double, I don't know. She's in Ireland somewhere doing some ceremonial job. Stay at there. Some university. And she was there with Greta, these two lunatics. Anyway, let's listen to Greta's speech yesterday. And you tell me if this is the kind of the oracle we need when it comes to the climate. There is no planet B. 
There is no planet blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is not about some expensive, politically correct green act of bunny hugging or blah, blah, blah. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. Green economy, blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. Net zero, blah, blah, blah. Climate neutral, blah, blah, blah. This is all we hear from our so-called leaders. Words. Words that sound great, but so far has led to no action. Our hopes and dreams drown in their empty words oh, and promises. Yeah. She says the same thing every time. It's like, oh, hopes and dreams, you've ruined my childhood. This is a girl who flies around the world in private jets and goes to expensive dinners and meets celebrities and hangs out with Hillary Clinton and sails in massive yachts and gets, you know, applauded, gets paid to make these these stupid speeches. She says the same thing as, you know, you, you empty words, you empty words, blah, 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 and they clap. I know, I know, I she can't says, imagine blah, 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 an, and adult, clap. an adult clapping for her. <laughs> if she went around the world and said, hey, listen, we need to build more nuclear power plants, I'd be like, right. I'm on her side. But, yeah, uh, but she doesn't, she's never, and, and the tone is always the same, that angry face, how dare you, how dare angry. you. Yeah. And uh, it, I, I, I guess, you know, most people probably laugh at her, but there are still lots of people who think she's, uh, think she's brilliant and uh, they, they, they like her vision, you know, empty. All the things she listed is what she wants, that zero admissions and green yeah, yeah. deal but and all that. Yeah, it's blah, blah, blah. But it's blah, blah, blah. What did you think that was going to happen? Like It's just poof. Yeah, magic. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't need... Whatever. It. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. All right, that's it. That's enough from uh, St. Greta. Um, and uh, all right, we'll wait on all that. We'll wait on all that. We got more tomorrow. We got uh, an announcement, not a huge one. We got something we're going to introduce tomorrow, Correct. Correct. I'm looking forward to that. That will be fun. Hey, do me a favor. Don't tell the Minna fans, all right? We don't want them to know. Bring it. <laughs> I think they're busy this week. Honestly. Yes, that's true. They are busy. All right, we will leave it there. Thanks to everybody for listening, for watching on Facebook, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. And for commenting. We'll try to do better tomorrow. We'll have. Uh, we'll be back on YouTube tomorrow, right? I th Yeah, I'm going to try to figure out what was going on. We're going to try. We're going to try. All right, good job. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show with Carano, and we will talk to you again tomorrow morning.